Hello and welcome to the Moncast. As always, I'm Stevie, and this episode I'm joined by Chisai236. Go, we're starting. Hi, I am Chisai. Hello. Perfect introduction. Gotta spice up these openings. It can't just be, hi! No, that gets boring. That's my best cheese. Hi! Impression. <laughs> cheese, hi! Impression. So, the current score is 1410 to Pokemon, and this time we'll be discussing the 25th episodes, Spirit Needle and Good Quill Hunting. So let's start off with good quail hunting. Ash and friends are on filler road again, because of course they are. As always. This time it's going through a wood, which is very different to a forest, because it's called a wood. Yes. And they're lost in the woods. They're lost. The map is not working for some reason. They don't really explain why the map is not working, but the map is not working. I think Brock's just not realised his eyes are still closed. I don't understand what's wrong with this map. I can't see it. Can't see anything, actually. Ash, Misty, are you there? Pikachu, can you hear me? <laughs> they are lost in the woods. It's typical filler setup episode. Except for this episode, random character of the episode who shows up doesn't even get a name. Nope. No name. Nope. No name, because it's, it's just random person, McGee. Ooh, we should, like, pick a name between us. I personally vote for Jerkwad. Jerkwad works. <laughs> we could call him Jerk Pants or like Jerky Meanie Person. That's a bit long. Maybe just Jerk. Jerk works. Dirk the Jerk. Dirk the Jerk. That's what we've christened this kid. Dirk, because it sounds like Jerk. Apologies to anyone that is named Dirk or Jerk. We apologize for making fun of your name. If you actually named your kid Jerk. People have named their kids worse things. You always call the kid worse things. <laughs> uh, well, we haven't even started yet. We have. We know that they're in a forest and there's some kid that we've called Dirk. And this kid called Dirk barges in asking if they've seen a Cinderquill. They say, no, we've not seen a Cinderquill, but it'd be cool if we saw a Cinderquill. Which, by the way, for a kid who's like, like mean and like, I want this Pokemon, you can't look for it, it's mine. Why would you ask people, hey, have you seen this super rare Pokemon in these woods? I heard that they're supposed to be in these woods, but don't go looking for them because they're mine. Why not just be like, hey, have you seen any... You know, Pokemon around here? Like, no. It's like, cool. I'm going to keep looking for just nothing important. Just looking for a Rattata, actually. Just, I just needed one. I needed to cut this annoying tree down, so I'm just going to go find a Rattata. That's all. Okay, see you. Bye. Sorry, I'm just imagining someone just, like, walking around going, Hey, have you seen some Pokemon? (laughs) There's Pokemon everywhere. Are you stupid? You could list the things you saw recently. I saw this rat that breathes fire. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, Dirt gets all antsy at them. It's like, my Cyndaquil, you don't get Cyndaquil, my Cyndaquil. That's basically his character. Yeah, pretty much. And Ash, Misty, and everyone are just like, well, it's wild, so whoever finds it first gets it, because that's how that works. Which is true. Yeah. It's not really fair on the Cyndaquil, but... No, it's not. The Cyndaquil's just, like, minding his own business, and, and these two people are like, it's mine! And the Cyndaquil's like, what? <laughs> What's happening? 
Excuse me? You don't own me. While all this is going on, we have Team Rocket as well, who recently got, like, full-time jobs so they could earn money for the latest invention, which is the best. Just like Jesse's working in sort of diner, scrounging for food in the back. James is mining, and I think Meow's just like some sort of street performer. Yeah, but it's interesting that they actually have jobs. I guess they go back to this between, like, every episode, and that's how they get the money for everything. This is the first time they've bothered to show us it. Yeah, that they actually have been doing things to earn money. But Jesse just eating food in the back of the diner. It's sad, but funny. Literally every food service person does that, though, so it's not that sad. But she's hiding it. You're not supposed to, but you do it anyways. Because you're hungry. Fair enough. I mean, what? I don't know what, what, what anyone's talking about. I, I don't do that. <laughs> Is this the food industry exposed? I'm going to be the whistleblower for something for a hill that I do not want to die on. <laughs> Breaking news, people eat. Breaking news, food co-workers eat the food. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Shocking. Anyway, Team Rocket saved up all his money and the latest invention is this giant Meowth mech called the Meowthinator. Which I love because it's like, our Meowth can't fight, so we're just going to make a giant metal Meowth and then I'll do the fighting for us. <laughs> Meowth is Team Rocket's muse. They base a lot of stuff off Meowth, like the balloon. It's still a Pokemon that can't fight though. Except for, like, Fury Swipe. That's it. Really good at roasting people. Team Rocket's scheme this time is just bring a big robot. Yep. Which I like. It's a, a good, good scheme. We have the technology to steal a twerp's Pikachu. James gets so into it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. He does poses and everything. It's really great. Just poses and rhyming things. Calls it the Meowthinator impersonator. It's so silly. He's having fun. He is. And the big robot stumbles across Ko first, because Ash instantly became obsessed with getting a Cyndaquil and just wandered off on his own, leaving Ko behind. So Team Rocket found the wrong twerps, and they just go in search of the right twerp. They must find twerp prime. There's a whole bit where the Meowthinator uses like some bubblegum cannons from his paws at Ash and Pikachu. The paw- I like that. That's really creative that the paw pads are just like these like bubblegum like ball things that just like stick to stuff. Yeah, it was cool. And the Meowthinator also has an eye beam. Yes, and it has eye beams. We all scream for I-beam, as James says. The thing, too, I like is that when the Meowthinator first shows up to the co that's been left behind, they give the full motto and everything, and they're just like, wait a minute, where's Pikachu and the twerp? And they're like, oh, never mind, and then they just go to find Ash. And then they try to do the motto again, because they found Ash, and Ash is just like, I don't have time for this, I'm going to climb a mountain because I want to get a Cyndaquil. So... Bye. And he just, just ignores them. Not that that goes well, but you know. You should never ignore Team Rocket. Yeah, it ends with some really big inconveniences. Nothing dangerous, but just a lot of inconvenience. They just get angry. So anyway, Ash finally manages to find Cyndaquil. And of course, Dirk the Jerk finds Cyndaquil. And basically Ash and him find Cyndaquil at the same time. It's just like... Cyndaquil's up on this mountain. And of course, Dirk happens to have the most convenient Pokemon for catching something on a mountain. He has a Sandslash. And he makes Sandslash do the most dumbest thing. He has it climb up the mountain, which it does really easily because, you know, it has claws. It can climb really easy, I guess. And it gets to the top and it just sand attacks Ash until he falls down the mountain, which is like awful. Why would you do that? Like, just have Sandslash grab Cyndaquil and then leave. But no, you had to actually make him stop, 
kick Ash down the mountain, and then go find Cyndaquil. It's because Dirk is a jerk. That's why. Well, the other thing is, too, like, he sent the Sand Slash up there, and the Sand Slash does Sand Attack, and then, like, in the next second, he's up, the kid Dirk's up there, too. Like, haha, you stupid, stupid Ash. And it's like, how did you get up there? <laughs> he just appears up there, and it's like, what? But anyway, so Dirk and Sand Slash, like, because this mountain has, like, different cave openings, and so they, they saw Cyndaquil run into one of them. They go in and chase after it, and, of course, Ash tries to get up there and catch up. And eventually, going around in the middle of it, I forget what happens in the cave, actually. In this cave, it's basically just... Tons of tunnels going all over the place. They run into each other a lot, and the Meowthinator sends some sort of tracking bubble gum in that chases Ash and Pikachu. Co just, I don't know, are in the woods somewhere. They're still alone. Just Brock and Misty doing the thing that they do, which is nothing. Which is just standing there, staring at a tree. They're just there pondering, like, if Ash isn't here, do we even exist? If a character speaks and Ash isn't around to hear it, do they even exist? Anyway, Ash is chased by this tracking bubblegum. It does run over Dirk and Sunslash, which I appreciate. But Ash manages to grab the Cyndaquil and they get out of the tunnels, dodging the big orange blob. The Meowthinator now has Ash up against a wall uh, with more bubblegum, manages to get Cyndaquil caught in it as well. But Ash tells Cyndaquil to run away because Ash is nice and good. If there's one thing Ash does have, he's actually a nice person. I do think there's something weird about this moment because he like pushes Cyndaquil up on the mountain and he's like, you know, go without us, Cyndaquil. You be free. You don't have to be here. It's fine. Run. And it's like, what about your Pikachu? What about all your other Pokemon that are in danger? And you're just like, nah, they're fine. But Cyndaquil, you go run. Run while you can. I don't care about Pikachu, but you can just go. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't consider that. I mean, you could argue that Pikachu, you know, wouldn't want to leave Ash. But it's just the fact that he never even asked. He was just like, no, Pikachu and I'll stay here. You go. It's fine. You just go. But um, the Cyndaquil, you know, of course, doesn't run. He tries, but the Meowthinator gets in his way. He does actually try to run. I forgot about that. Never mind. Cyndaquil does actually try to book it out of there. <laughs> but when he's actually stopped physically and they threaten to attack, then he's kind of like, okay, I'm fed up with this. And he flamethrowers the heck out of the Meowthinator impersonator. I still don't get why it's called that. I don't know either, but it's fun to say. The Meowthinator impersonator goes kaboom. Kablooey. And that's Team Rocket done for the episode, pretty much. Now there's only Dirk the Jet to take down. To save Cyndaquil from the explosion from the Meowthinator, Ash chucks a Pokeball at them and manages to capture them in the Pokeball. I guess Pokeballs are just indestructible or something. It's fine. Just sudden forest fire ensues. Realistically, yeah, that probably is what would have happened but nope no forest fire here the flamethrower the explosion none of it caused a forest fire somehow despite the fact that we're in a densely wooded area why do cyndaquil live here again i feel like that's a bad idea why does it live in a mountain it lives in like a hill this rock formation that's like surrounded by forest it seems like a bad idea considering it literally its back literally catches fire like, it looks like there should have been lots of cyndaquil in there it like a massive colony or something but maybe Maybe they've all been caught already. Yeah, maybe that's the last one, which is sad. All these little fire moles being caught. Poor fire moles. Are they moles or are they vole? It's based on the echidna. Oh, it's an echidna? What? It's Knuckles. It's Knuckles the Cyndaquil! Typhlosion's based off a, a honey badger. Oh, Typhlosion's a badger. Okay. 
Kolava's a weasel. So it goes echidna, weasel, badger. badger. Perfect. Perfect. Flawless. Then you just set the back on fire and you're done. There's a Pokemon. Anyway, Ash now has a Cyndaquil. Yeah. And Ash is about to do the stupidest thing that any trainer has ever done. His Dirk shows up and of course he sees Cyndaquil and he's like, okay, I'm going to catch it. And, you know, Misty's like, hey, you know, it's too late. Ash already caught him. You know, it's his. You can't steal it. Again, poor Cyndaquil has no choice in this. Honestly, that delivery was pretty spot on for Misty's enthusiasm. (laughs) You can't take this. It's his. Ash already caught it. And so Dirk is like, I'll challenge you to a battle for it. And I love Brock in this moment because he's like, why would he do that? He already caught it fair and square. And then Dirk goes, yeah, I guess if you're a chicken. And of course, Ash is like, what? Heck no, I will challenge you to a battle. As the icing on the cake, he knows this guy has a sand slash, mind you. And he's like, I'm going to battle you for Cyndaquil using Cyndaquil because he's a genius. And even Misty and Brock are just like, what? No, it's not trained. You just caught it. And I'm just like, no, it'll be fine. I've never had any problems with any fire type Pokemon ever. Never once has this gone badly for me. He used his Cyndaquil in the fight against the Sand Slash. And of course, Cyndaquil doesn't listen to him. Cyndaquil is sleeping and like, you know, eventually wakes up. He's like, oh, shoot, Sandslash. And then is kind of dodging okay. And basically like Ash keeps saying, use flamethrower, use flamethrower. Come on, use flamethrower. And it's just like, he, he's alternating between, oh my gosh, dodge the attack. And then trying to get Cyndaquil to use flamethrower again. So... Cyndaquil is just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And then in the dumbest, like this sand slash is cutting entire trees down, like slicing whole trees, knocking them over and like fighting. And eventually Cyndaquil like gets above sand slash and just headbutts it. And then he wins. That's it. One tackle and Cyndaquil beat a sand slash. This Sand Slash, it's an evolved Pokemon. It's obviously way stronger than Cyndaquil. It just takes a tackle and then it's like, I'm out. My brain does not work. And then of course, you know, Jerk, Dirk McGee is like, I'm just going to steal it anyway. And he pulls out like a comically large sized net, like something you'd see in Animal Crossing. And he just goes to like, get Cyndaquil. And then of course, then Cyndaquil is like, no... And then uses flamethrower. And then just like burns both of them. And yeah, that's about it. And then Ash has a Cyndaquil. Yay. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's an episode. The battle's great. The battle is so... Uh, All that the battle proves is that Cyndaquil's an absolute legend. One tackle, man. Took out a sand slash. It's just like he's not even trying. He's dodging every fury swipe. Yes, every attack. And then he uses Tackle, which isn't even effective against ground types. Sandslash even resisted it, and still, it took it out in one hit. Maybe Sandslash just hates Dirk the Jerk and didn't want to fight for him, really. He just threw the battle and was like, I'm done with this, I'm just gonna lay here. Ah, screw it. It's not worth it. Sandslash was a good choice, though, to fight Cyndaquil. That kid was smart. Ash, not so much. Yeah, Cyndaquil was a bad choice to fight Sandslash. Pikachu would have been a stupid choice, too. But even Pikachu, you could kind of justify It's like, okay, it's a really experienced Pokemon that's had a lot of battles. But a Pokemon that's never been in a battle, that he just literally caught, and is weak against it, is like, what are you doing? What? 
Who's wrong with you? But Ash believes in Cyndaquil. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> you have to train it. You can't do that. You can't brute force your way with friendship and everything. It doesn't work that way. But he saw Cyndaquil use flamethrower really good that one time. So Cyndaquil is the best Cyndaquil already. One of these times when Ash like bets his Pokemon, because I know that that's happened more than once. It's happened a lot, actually. He's not wagered his, his Pokemon's ownership before, to my knowledge. I feel like he's done it with Pikachu before. He would not bet Pikachu. He would give up Pikachu because he wants Pikachu to be happy without asking Pikachu what Pikachu wants. I remember very- this happens in a later season. There was a trainer that had a Pichu and a Raichu and he wanted like a complete set. Nope. I've read the plot. Ash challenged Sho to a battle. His Raichu against Pikachu. Sho accepted on the terms that if he won, Pikachu was his. However, Ash declines that offer. So Ash doesn't gamble Pikachu. He has some integrity. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it in another episode, but he didn't in that one, apparently. Oh, uh, okay. That's the only one I can think of. Okay. Ash definitely does gamble with Cyndaquil, though. And yeah, the episode ends with Team Rocket working shifts again, because they need money again. Is there anything we missed? At least not for me. Cool. Who was your standout character, then? Sandslash, because he worked really, really hard, and this kid does not deserve him. He did everything he could... Poor Sandslash just worked so hard. That kid just treated him like garbage. Doesn't even have a nickname. Yeah, it's just Sandslash. Who does that? So mean. My standout character was Dirk the Jerk. Yes, because he was a jerk? Yes, he was a jerk. He was entertaining. Also, he poofed a net out of thin air, which is impressive. I don't know how he did that, but he did. I don't either, but good for you, magician guy. Good for you. Also, he has purple hair, so that's just cool. Yeah, cool anime hair. Wait, I just realized I could quite easily see Ash playing Dirk the Jerk's role in any other episode. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Just like, if Dirk had caught it first, Ash would have gambled something to try and get Cyndaquil off him. That's what he would do. And what was your favorite thing? My favorite thing was the random kid in this episode that, despite us renaming him Dirk, had no name, despite the fact that he was a plot character. And I don't know, I feel like it's weird that all of the female characters always get a name. I'm just going to check the wiki just to make sure. I think he has a name in Japanese version, where he's called Koji. The dub just didn't bother. I don't think they called him Koji at all. Because that's way too Japanese. Yeah, they wouldn't have called him that. Going off the wiki, he never returns. He voiced Tracy Sketchit. Dirk the Jerk was Tracy Sketchit. Oh, Tracy, yeah, duh. That Tracy, that is also Dirk the Jerk. Plot twist, Dirk the Jerk is Tracy. Dun, dun, dun. He's just following Ash around so he can steal his Cyndaquil, take back what's rightfully his. But that was in the past. Unless he's a time traveler. No, that's a stupid plan. Not any stupider than Ash's plan. That would be my favorite thing, though, if Dirk the Jerk was actually a time traveler. It'd be like a Scooby-Doo scenario where it's like this character that didn't matter at first. It's just like... The time-traveling mastermind of the whole thing. <laughs> Is that your usual Scooby-Doo plot with time travel involved? My favourite thing was the Meowthinator, because it's fun. It's just a giant Meowth with bubblegum bombs that's immune to electricity, but not fire. Say it together for the last time. It's called the Meowthinator Impersonator. Yay! Close enough. So, filler or not filler? It is not filler, because new Pokemon. Pretty much. That's the only reason it counts, because he got a Cyndaquil. Go, Ash! He has a shrew, and it shoots fire out of its back. Overall thoughts? It was okay. Yeah, pretty much. It was an episode where Cyndaquil was caught. That's about it. Cyndaquil was the 
good part of the episode. Even though he had no say in any of this. He woke up one morning and then he was in a Pokeball. His whole contribution was to go, Cinderquill! A lot. And that was cute. It's a cute Pokemon. Cinderquill's good. That's such a cute voice. It is cute. But yeah, I think that's enough Pokemon. We're only an hour into our recording. I have more to say about the second one. Oh no. <laughs> Next up is Spirit Needle. Davis speaks to everyone and tries to convince them that they should get Ken on board because he's Digidestined too and he's a good guy now. And no one agrees with Davis. Yes, because of course they don't. He has a pretty bad track record, to be fair. Which is a shame because I like that Davis does this. It's it's kind of nice because there's like a legitimate conflict going on here of like Davis has a point of like, you know, he changed, he helped us, he he is a Digidestin, we know he is one. That should count for something. And everyone Everyone else is like, yeah, but he was the emperor. He literally like destroyed all of these things and hurt all these Digimon. And so it's, it's kind of nice that there's actually some grayness to this argument. It's not just like Davis is doing the right thing and everyone else is just being bad and they need to learn that they're being bad. It's just like they're, you know, worried and they have every right to be worried because he kind of ruled the digital world like a like a literal emperor for a little while. But yes, Davis is trying to convince everyone and no one is listening except for Vimon because of course Vimon listens. Well, yeah, Vimon's extremely biased. <laughs> yes, he is extremely biased. Well, the weird thing too that I think is the only person who's kind of like, yeah, maybe we have been too hard on him is TK, which... Out of everyone, I would think TK would be, like, the most against the idea of being nice to Ken. TK overhears Davis speaking with Ken. Well, even before that, he thinks to himself, like, oh, maybe Davis is right. Maybe we haven't been too hard on him. And I think that's what makes him follow Davis. But, like, I would think that TK would be a lot harder on Ken, like, of the whole group. Would be, like, on the opposite end of Davis because of how, like, opposed to anything, like, evil and dark he is. He would be really, really hard on Ken. But no, he's just like, yeah, I think Davis is right. And then he, he overhears a conversation because Davis, you know, talks to Ken. Kind of, like, same thing. He's kind of telling everyone else. is like, you should join us. You know, we need your help and, and everything. And, and Ken appreciates it, but he's like, I can't. And you don't really know why he can't yet. Comes up later, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, there isn't anything that TK's dealt with before like this I can think of. Like, the closest thing is maybe the black gay Digimon who become good after a bit. But apart from that, like, TK hasn't had to deal with someone changing from evil to good before, really. But considering the conflicts he had with Ken before, you would think, I don't know, it just seems like he had more of a reason to, like, of anyone to be very against Ken. He could just feel guilty because he punched him in the face. Eh, I guess, but they don't say that. No, Cody's still grumpy for no particular reason. He just kind of goes, hmm, and does Kendo while ignoring Davis. Yeah, and so then Cody has the role of, like, being very against it for no reason, really. He's just kind of like, Ken's mean and evil and no tolerance for the idea that he could join. And then Yuli explains that they saw Ken kill a Digimon yesterday, so she's not convinced that he's changed. So she gives a solid reason. And I can't remember what Kari says. Kari's unsure. Yeah. No one's really for Ken joining the team except for Davis, currently. I feel like, especially with Yoli, Cody, and TK, like, the reactions they have to Ken just, to me, feel kind of mixed up. Like, 
I would think Cody would be like understanding because he's kind of the more gentle one. I could see Yoli being the confused one, but I would see TK being the opposed one. Anyway, that's happening. But yeah, this is actually a good quality Davis has where he's ready to forgive Ken and give him that second chance. So yeah, that's actually something admirable about Davis, which is weird. Trying to let someone have a second chance. Good on you, Davis. Davis has had like a million second chances, so it's only fair. Well, you know, come on, you guys, you put up with me. Let's bring Ken into the group. What's the worst that could happen? Ken's only like slightly better than I am anyway. Ken may have tried to enslave the entire digital world, but he's still better than me, guys. Come on, give him a chance. That's how bad Davis is. The previous Digimon Emperor is still preferable to Davis. Pretty much. So, we do get a little scene with Yoli and her siblings, because Davis is Ranga to try and convince her still. Still not working, she's not biting. And Yoli's siblings are weird. Yeah, a little. They assume that she's talking about a boy, that it's her boyfriend, and then they give her, like, dating advice, and one of them goes, Ooh, young love. It'd be one thing to ask, like, oh, is it a boy? And they'd be like, oh, okay, never mind. But no, they're just like, yep, that's what it is. They're just so convinced. They're like, no, it's a boy. Don't worry. He'll stop being mean eventually. It's like, that's not what we're talking about at all. Yeah, like, the sister's just like, you should give him a second chance. Just like, okay. <laughs> Do you just forgive everyone? I guess. I don't know. Also, when Yoli says, oh, I don't have a boyfriend. I think it's her brother just goes like, that's what they all say. Just like, what? What? Yeah, what? Do you assume that every teenage girl has a boyfriend? None of them are single, ever. Nope, never. But they all claim to not have a boyfriend. Yeah, I don't get her siblings. They're really weird. All the lines are dumb. Yeah, yeah. Pierre agrees. As always, the voice of reason, the bird, here in the corner. Absolutely. Anyway, we're on like 20% through my notes. We need to speed up. So Mimi is in the digital world with Yukimi Bumatmon. She's had a makeover, so now she looks like a hippie from the 1960s. Yeah, pretty much. Then get a clip of Palmon, who sees a creepy lady by the control spire. Creepy lady plucks her hair, turns it into a needle, stabs the spire, and the spire goes... Okay, sorry, I don't want to tangent immediately, but I have a quick note here. When Palmon sees this lady, she says, what's a human doing here? And here's the thing. She she does look like a human, but here's the thing. Lots of Digimon look human. Palmon doesn't even know it yet, but her Mega is a human. It's it's weird to be like, oh, I know for sure that that's a human because it looks like a human, I guess. There's reasons why she should be able to tell that that's not a human, specifically because she's a Digimon and she should know the difference. I know we can't talk about spoilers, but come on, Palmon. That's dumb. Well, she's like, she does mention that it's a grown-up and she doesn't know why grown-ups are in the digital world. No, she says there's a human. I thought only the Chosen could be in the digital world no she does say like i thought only chosen children could be here so she's like why is there an old lady here either way she still acknowledges like it's a human maybe she's studied with tantamon and knows every human looking digimon but apparently she doesn't because she can't tell that that's a digimon but it's not it's not a digimon it's a human it's not though It's a human. It's not, though. It is. It's a plot hole and you know it. Does it look like a Digimon right now? No. It looks like a human. Right now. <laughs> yeah, right now, it's a human. You should still be able to tell. No. Yes. If for all intents and purposes, I looked like a dog, would you assume I was a human? Okay, no. That doesn't work. So if... 
a freaking guinea pig with bat wings can turn into an angel, and you can still look at that and go, oh, that's the same thing. There's no way. No, that's digivolution. Digivolving is different to having a disguise on. It should be easier to tell with the disguise, because it's not even like a transformation. It's just like a cover-up. You've watched Pokemon. Team Rocket put on like clear glasses, and that's a disguise. Yeah, but that's stupid kids not being able to tell that these other people are disguising. And also, that's for laughs. That's for jokes. This is Palmon seriously being like, oh, mystery. What is this human lady doing here? That is so odd. I don't understand why humans are here. It's like, it's not a human. That's why. (laughs) But it looks like a human. There's been no hints that it's not a human yet. Except for the fact that she should be able to tell it's not. How? How do they analyze anything? They analyze the data of it, right? They usually have, like, Izzy's laptop or something in the past. It still bothers me. (laughs) Do you have, I don't know, a human detector built into you? But that's a human. Like, okay, if it was Mimi saw the lady and was like, oh, what the heck's the person doing here? Like, okay, yeah, it's, it's Mimi not knowing the difference. But Palmon's a Digimon. She should know the difference between a human and another Digimon. It's never come up before that there's been a Digimon disguised as a human. So you have nothing to call back to saying in the past they've been able to work it out. Uh, I guess. So really you're just complaining about nothing. <laughs> it just bothers me so much. Just because you know something Palmon doesn't. Not only that, but like, it's also like, she sees it and immediately goes like, it's a human instead of like, oh, even if you think like she can't figure out, like she has no sense of like, this is a Digimon. Yeah, they don't have Digimon detection powers yeah but i would think you would assume that it's a digimon instead of it being a person because you know only the chosen children can be there that's another thing that's kind of weird even if she had been like oh what digimon is that instead of like or like what's that digimon doing or something like that it just seems weird that she saw someone that looks like a person and assumed that it was a person yeah because hmm. <laughs> digimon can look like people that's my point it just feels weird like palmon's logic here even the Digimon that look like people tend to have angel wings or bat wings or all sorts. There aren't any Digimon that are just, hi, I'm a dude. People also don't have magical hair. Well, Palmon is Mimi's partner, and therefore she is stupid. So your argument is Palmon's stupid? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll just go with Palmon's stupid, I guess. Makes the most sense. Whatever, like, argument we go with, I just feel like this moment is really weird. It is odd. It doesn't make sense, because we don't have all the pieces yet. Anyway, so the control spire is now a Golmon, and it heads towards the dam to destroy the dam. And all these little baby Digimon run towards the Golmon, because what are survival instincts anyway? Golmon just takes down Palmon like she's nothing. It's it's a Golmon. It's like four times her size. It's big. Pierre's screaming to tell us how big it is. (laughs) It's huge, right? It's so big. (laughs) It is only a champion level. Just double checked. Oh, really? I thought it was ultimate. No, that's why I double checked. So, Golmon takes out Palmon and carries on. So, Mimi calls out for help. And the Digidestined, through either the psychic bonds, or I guess the intercom they apparently have on the D-terminals, I guess, managed to hear her and come running. I'm assuming this wasn't during school hours. I guess not, because... Ken and Davis talk in the evening, so I guess it's after school or it's late or something. Yeah. Did they all just, like, run to the computer lab? Do they hang out after school every single day? I wouldn't be surprised, considering they're digi-destined. I feel like I'd probably hang around computers a lot, too. That is weird. 
to think. It's like, we're digi-destined. We stay at school for an extra five hours every day. Every single day. Oh, the widows. But yeah, they all go to help Mimi. And Fonz have actually skipped all the digivolutions because everyone's armor digivolved already. Yeah, they just jump in as armors. Which, thank you for sparing us of that. Yeah, just like five digivolutions they've skipped. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. We didn't need that. In fact, six, because Stingman turns up later and they're all pre-digivolved. So we get one digivolution, I think, this whole episode. Yep, we get one that happens later. Palmon doesn't even get to Digivolve. That's sad, because Togemon's good and would be fun to fight against Golem. Yeah, that would have been cool. Just Cactus versus this Golem thing. Oh, well. It wasn't Togemon's episode. It was Hawkmon's episode! We're getting ahead of ourselves! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, this Golemon has set its sight on the, the dam, because if he breaks the dam, it will flood to the nearby sea, which has millions of Digimon or something in it. Yeah, it's just like a little town, basically. That's like down river of this dam. But it definitely has millions of Digimon in there. Millions of Digimon will be killed. Yeah, he's over-exaggerating a little, but that's what lots of people do. It's weird. People do that all the time. It's like, oh my god, there was thousands of people, and it was like 50, you know? It just feels like a lot. So you just exaggerate. But millions? I don't know. He's a kid. He's just bad at math. Anyway, the armored Digimon, which are Raidramon, Shurimon, Digmon, Pegasusmon, and Nefertimon, take on Golmon. Davis at one point says, hey, that's not fair, which is just typical Davis, honestly. And this Golmon punches a hole into the dam. And it starts flooding. And now we've got a bad on our hands. <laughs> we've got a bad... We've got one very big bad going on. There is a bad. This whole bit's really cool. Like, Nefertimon uses Rosetta Stone to block up the hole in the dam. And then Raidramon and Sherimon chop down some trees by this sort of riverbed. Pegasusmon and Nefertimon then golden noose all the trees to make a line. So it's like a big wall. Digimon makes like a channel for the water to drain into. Basically, all of them improvise a dam out of nowhere. It's really cool. It's neat, too, to think of an idea that works for all of them. And I like how the kids didn't come up with this idea at all. It was just the Digimon that did it. Like, we know what to do! Everyone! Dam maneuver, go! It's perfect. No, they're armor. What? Because you said they're perfect, and I said, no, they're armors. Fine. <laughs> uh. <sighs> but Golmon has not been defeated yet, so he's still climbing up the dam so he can break, like, the top of it this time. So it's, like, proper unfixable. So Davis suggests that they might just have to destroy the Golmon, because otherwise all these millions of Digimon will die. But Yoli's against that, because Yoli's just like, but then we'll be just as bad as Ken. We don't want to be as bad as Ken. And Cody's on his side as well. Yeah, they have a really good, like, suspenseful moment going on, because there's, like, Golmon is climbing up the dam, the Digimon can't really stop him, you know, because they're not attacking at, like, full strength. And so now you've got Golmon climbing up, the Digimon aren't able to do anything, and you have all the kids arguing, like, we should just get rid of it, or no, we can't, because it's alive. And I actually really like this, because it's really suspenseful, and, like, it's actually really thought-provoking, because it's like, this entire, like, town of Digimon is gonna die, I assume. They'll drown if they don't stop Golmon, but if they stop Golmon, then they've deleted a sentient creature, basically. It'd be reborn as a Digi-Egg anyway, so that kind of just negates the whole moral quandary now I think about it. Yeah, there's a few things that don't really work here. So there's the fact that Digimon all get reborn in this universe, and then there's also the fact that it's not a real Digimon, which they find out here in a little bit. Yeah, but like, 
even before that, the moral debate's kind of negated by the fact that it will just be reborn as an egg if it is a real Digimon. And then there's the fact that it's not real. But Ken ends up showing up to help. Ken shows up because Mimi asks for someone's D3 and gets passed a D terminal. So Yeah, she's like, all right, we're just going to message Ken. She specifically asks for a D3 and then someone passes a D terminal. So I guess the writers just don't care or don't know the difference. Uh, they knew what she meant. It's fine. Give me your D3. Passes over just like a laptop or something. <laughs> and Mimi doesn't know the difference. Of course, it's all explained if you take into account that Mimi is stupid <laughs> and doesn't know the difference. That's just the answer for all the logic problems with this episode. It's just Mimi and Palmon are dumb, I guess. That's the only explanation. <laughs> but yes, Ken does turn up with Stingmon and Stingmon starts fighting Golmon to kill. Ken eventually, like, lets it slip. Oh yeah, these aren't real Digimon. Ken doesn't. Palmon wakes up. Oh, Palmon, that's right. He talks about it later. You're right. She goes, there was this this lady who turned the tower into a Digimon and it's not a real Digimon. So now feel free to murder it. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, that moral thing we were trying to set up, even if it wasn't sound to begin with, is just completely destroyed. And it's just like, yeah, let's just kill it. Who cares? It's not real. It's like, all right. Okay. <laughs> sure. If it was born from a control spider, does that make it less of a Digimon then? That would be a more interesting moral debate yeah there's a lot of ways they could have done this but because you could even argue like digimon in general are kind of they're not natural they're computer programs but yeah they kind of i guess confuse it by just being like hey moral quandary over it's not real let's just just give it all we got and that's basically what they do it's at this point that Yoli gets Hawkmon to digivolve into Aquilamon. So, I want to say the woman in the group unlocks her new digivolution by apologizing for being wrong about something she doesn't have all the information about. Yes. Yay, women? <laughs> uh, I mean, she learned forgiveness, I guess? When you look at the three of them, or the four of them even, Davis got it by being a terrible person. Cody got it just by being trapped in a tunnel. Ken apparently just already had it. And then Yoli has to admit that she is wrong and say sorry. <laughs> How is that fair? She's the only one that does anything. And of course, it's the woman that has to apologize to unlock her, her new digivolution. Right. I have to be the grown up and own up to something I did wrong before I get my cool champion evolution yeah just like she has to be wrong about something to get it so i don't like the digimon writers they're sexist and dumb they did a bad they just didn't really bother with a lot that happened in this episode i think no there was kind of some good points but they kind of eh, they kind of lost some of it it is all explained if we take to account that yoli is stupid <laughs> the writers of this episode are sexist by the way all of the women are stupid <laughs> Palmon's stupid, Mimi's stupid, Yoli's stupid. <laughs> Women are stupid and wrong, the anime. <laughs> oh no. I mean, the main villain in the episode is also a woman, so what does that say? Yes, yeah, sure. Basically, whoever wrote the show is a woman here. They were working through some things, I guess. Digimon is so bad sometimes. It's Digimon. Specifically, it's Zero Two Digimon. But on the bright side, Aquilamon is cool and not a woman. It is giant bird with horns because whoever thought it would be an awesome idea to give a giant eagle bird horns, you're a genius because it looks amazing. It is really cool. Proper bull horns and everything. Yeah, it's basically just a red bald eagle with horns. It's pretty cool. Mm. It's weird that it doesn't have arms. For some reason that weirds me out, even though it's perfectly natural for birds. That it doesn't have arms? Yeah, it just looks weird because its, it's legs are so prominent. Oh, because it has big talons. Yeah, that is kind of weird. The talons are kind of weird. 
I don't know what I'm saying, but it, it just looks weird. It looks disproportionate. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Strangely lanky. Yeah, I see what you mean. But it's still a cool Digimon. So Quilamon and Stingmon team up to take down Golmon. We see like the dark control spire core of it and then it shatters into pieces. So they defeated it. Yay, they won! Yay, they won. As we expected and nobody died except for that. Goldmon, <laughs> anyway. It was a control spire. It's fine. It's fine. No one cares about control spire, Digimon. Because it's just a control spire. Yes, exactly. So Ken starts talking to all the other Digidestined, explaining everything. It's kind of lame. He basically just starts being Ken for a bit so he can do exposition, I guess. It's a bit boring. He's just like, this is why I killed Digimon yesterday and didn't tell you what I was doing. He kind of has a moment of like, he's trying to own up to it. Like, I wanted to take care of it. Yeah. I like the bit where he, where he apologizes about the whole Emperor thing. <laughs> Imagine if that's how he put it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry about the whole Emperor thing, guys. <laughs> my bad. That was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Won't do that again. You know, sometimes you break a couple eggs and sometimes you enslave an entire race of digital people. You know, it just it just happens. Just one of those things, you know. Anyway, about the whole murder yesterday. It wasn't a murder. That wasn't a real victim. It was the same thing. It was one of those fake Digimon. And he's just like, he wanted to clean up his own mess. Something like that. So it's kind of nice, but it's also kind of dumb that he didn't say anything. He's not joined the crew yet. No, he doesn't join. He's not part of the Digigang. There is kind of a nice moment when I think Davis asks again, like, will you want to join us? And he says no, and he declines. He doesn't so much ask because he just yells. I'm like, you should join us, Ken! Well, okay, in a Davis way, he asks. We can help you! But Ken is still not feeling it, really. There's kind of a cute moment where as he's walking away, you just see him and Wormon walking into the distance, and he kind of stops and he picks up his uh, D-terminal, and he reads a message, and he turns around and he sees Yoli smiling. Smile is so dumb. (laughs) It's so good, it's so happy. And she basically just sent him a message that says, you know, I look forward to when you decide to join us. And it's just like, ah, that's actually kind of nice. Yoli's just happy because she has no moral concerns about fancying him anymore. <laughs> it's like, Ken's not a bad guy. I can have a crush on him again. It's been justified. It's fine. I found that a bit cringy, though. It is a little bit, but it, I don't know. It's a nice moment. It's the equivalent of like, if someone just left the room that you barely know, and then you send them a message saying, miss you already. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> They'd be creeped out a bit. (laughs) That's why I found it a bit awkward. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It is kind of awkward. So if you ever make a new friend, you should just do that and see how they react. Just ask them for their phone number and then like text them randomly like, I miss you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a one-way ticket to losing a friend. (laughs) You're not going to be friends with that person. They're just going to be like, all right, that's weird. It would be funny though. Just worth it to see their like the weirded out look. Oh man. So was there anything we missed? Yes, there was one part, like while the kids are still in school and Davis is like going around talking to everyone, we kind of see like for a minute, like what Ken's doing. And Ken, he took a test, but almost everyone in his class scored better than him. So he's not as smart as he was before. Yeah, he said that he like, he wasn't focused anymore. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just like, what? What happened? What's going on? So like people are like, what happened? Is he sick? Is he possessed or something? Like what the heck's going on? It's just interesting because you kind of get to see like what he's going through. But we all know that really Ken can't be dumb because he's not a woman. I mean, according to you, every woman in this show is just an idiot, right? It explains everything this episode. Uh, 
So, who was your standout character? Yoli for having some actual character growth for once. <laughs> it was something. She at least acknowledged that she was wrong about something and she apologized. You know, just something. By O2 standards, I think it counts. It's like the closest thing to character development she's had, I suppose. Yeah. Basically. She didn't change in any way. She just learned the truth. Eh, yeah. And just went, oh, okay, I didn't have all the facts. I was wrong. Yeah, I guess so. It was a Yoli episode, though, so it makes sense that she stood out to you. But for me, Davis actually stood out more. Because he was actually nice. Yeah, he was involved in pretty much the entire episode. And he's he's really clearly on Team Ken at the moment. Yeah, it was nice that he had, like, a nice moment. And the moment with uh, Ken was nice, too. Yeah, it makes a good change to see him actually being a decent character. What was your favourite thing? I'm just going to say now, my favourite thing was Davis actually being a decent character. Because <laughs> that never happens. But he was actually, like, the best character in this episode for once. Yeah, my favourite thing was Davis also. It was nice. Davis did good. Yeah, in both of our opinions, Davis actually was good. Good job, Davis. So, was this episode filler or not filler? Was not filler, because there was a new evolution. And also because we got more stuff about the creepy lady. True. Who still has no name in the show, so we're just calling her Creepy Lady. And overall thoughts? Not bad. I feel like the, like they tried to go for a message or like a reason, and they got kind of confused. So, eh, it was okay. They kind of tried to make a moral debate, and then they're just like, but the Digimon's fake, so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Which is a shame, because it would be nice to see that explored more. Some kind of moral dilemma that was taken seriously, that they actually had to debate and everything. But that wasn't really the time for it anyway, when millions of lives were at stake. I know there's going to be plenty moral stuff in the future when a certain uh, mega-level Digimon turns up. What? Which mega-level Digimon? The one that's made from lots of control spires. Ah, that one. That one will be interesting. <laughs> Anything else? I thought it was pretty good, apart from the, the few minor issues I have with the women being written to be stupid. I don't appreciate that. It's not good. But the episode was okay as a whole. Yeah, they tried. Did they? I feel like they gave, they were trying to go for something, it just didn't pan out. But, you know, everyone fails, it's fine. We'll give him a little credit, because Davis was good for once. It feels weird to say that. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we attempt to compare these episodes. So, why was Stingmon your Monster of the Week again? <laughs> why was Stingmon? Now, Stingmon was my Monster of the Week again, just because he's so cool. Yeah, Stingmon is really cool. Came up and kicked Golmon's ass. You can't go wrong with Stingmon. But then again, Cyndaquil was very cute. With that yawn and everything. Aw, cutest. Does Cyndaquil go spinning, striking, strike? No. And then in the next shot again goes, striking, strike. <laughs> That's another thing I forgot to mention. This is the first time I'm hearing Stingmon's voice. Oh my god, what did they do to you, Stingmon? <laughs> Stingmon. They basically just kept Warmon's voice and just made it like slightly deeper. It just does not work. I like it. It's so good. And I was just trying to imagine like Cyndaquil but with Stingmon's voice. And also the other way around. So Stinkmon with Cyndaquil's voice. Spinning, striking, strike. Oh, with like the pitch. I was going to say like, this doesn't really work because one says its name and then the other one. Cyndaquil. <laughs> Cyndaquil. <laughs> That's dumb. Cyndaquil. Yeah, but spinning, striking, strike is the dumbest name for a move ever. 
Yeah. Spinning, striking, spinning, striking, striking, spinning, striking, strike, spin, strike, spin. Strike, spin, strike, spin, strike, spin. You strike, spin me right, strike, spin, round, strike, spin. And who was worse, Ash or Davis? And I think it was clearly Ash, personally. Definitely Ash, because Ash is an idiot. Yep, I'm going to gamble this new Pokemon I captured, (laughs) because I don't care about this Pokemon, clearly. (laughs) I also care more about this Pokemon's life than any of my own. Yeah, he's not a smart guy. But yeah, Davis was just on point. He did good. I can't really think of anything bad he did. He had like one slightly stupid line where he said, hey, that's not fair. But apart from that, he was good. We can let a stupid lion slide. It's not like he gambled Vmon away. I give you my D3, my D terminal, and Vmon for like a slice of pizza. You call me chicken? Then we must fight. And if you win, you can have everything I own. All I've ever loved is yours. Honestly, he doesn't. Ash doesn't even ask like anything if he wins. Ash is an idiot. Yeah. Anyway, which storyline did we prefer and why? I prefer Digimon. Shocking. Noticing a trend today. It's almost like one of them had a point and the other one really didn't. Yeah, Pokemon was just, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was like, cool, you got Cyndaquil, that's about it. Digimon's just got the advantage of it being one overarching thing that's just building and building and building. Because it actually has plot to develop. Well, Pokemon could do that, but just chooses not to. It could try, but you'd just be like, you'd jump in 100 episodes into the show and be like, what's going on? Where are we? You'd miss so much. That's why you just cut out all the filler, make it an actual series so you want to watch all the episodes. Then there's less of it on TV, so you sell less of the games. Pokemon isn't made to be a good anime. It's made to keep Pokemon in the mindset of children so they keep buying video games. Which is why it's just average, I'd say. At least at the moment, it's just average. I don't know if it'll improve in future. I hope so. Because if it doesn't, oh no. Will they actually start going, wait, if we make the anime good, people will watch it. Who would have thought that was possible? Oh well. I went slightly off topic. Digimon was preferable, storyline-wise. It was a lot less just chasing a mouse around and there was no Dirk the Jerk so that's good but were there any notable similarities I I don't have any I'm very bad at the similar in case anyone noticed I'm very bad at the similarities and differences parts the only similarities I've got there were trees they had trees that's true there are trees they also had a new monster added to the team true and I'm not sure but I think Aquilamon's kind of a fire Digimon so they're both kind of fire monsters sort of maybe I don't know does Aquilamon use fire? No, right? In the card game, Aquilamon's a fire type. I think it's just a red bird. I don't think it's fire like uh, Birdramon and Garudamon. I'm just looking it up. Yeah, me too. I found the Aquilamon page on one of the wikis and there's just one comment that says, Yay! Yay! Yay, Aquilamon! Yay! It exists! I don't know. I love on the fandom wiki, it's just like, Aquilamon is a giant bird Digimon. It's like, you don't say. It is a very big bird. Yeah, you're right. Aquilamon is a fire type card in Digimon Digital Card Battle. So there you go. They were both kind of fire types. Kind of, but nothing else about Aquilamon is fire related. Well, I don't care. Because there's no similarities otherwise. Well, I do, because it doesn't work. It's 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 splitting hairs. Nobody cares if we're splitting hairs. I cares if we're splitting hairs. That's dumb. That I cares if we're splitting hairs? I don't know. It's early. It's late. I can't think of anything to rhyme with late. I think it's funny between the two of us, our Moncast recordings are always a little, like, wacky, because you're half awake and I'm half asleep. Okay, we're nearly there. 
We're nearly done. So, we can't think of much similarities, but were there any notable differences? Uh, probably. Have you got nothing? I, have, I never have anything for these sections, because I just, I can't think. It's like, are there differences? Yes, everything. Are there similarities? Like, no, they're different shows, nothing. Well, it's a good idea to just, like, pick a character from each and compare them or something. That works. Or just think about them, like, as a group and what the groups did. In Digimon, they all stayed together, pretty much. Whereas in Pokemon... Pokemon, Ash just left everyone else behind because they don't matter. That is true. Ash was just like, bye. I care more about the fire mouse than you. Fire mouse is more important than you. Boo-hoo. You suck. That's Ash's song. Can you tell he improvised that many chants? Little bit. That's honestly something Ash would say. I can imagine Ash saying that. Ash starts singing a song about why he doesn't care about Brock and Misty. My name is Ash... And I don't care. You're just there to feed me and give me advice when the gym battles come round. That's your roles. Misty's just there to be token girl in every episode. She can't even do that most of the time because another one turns up for Brock to have a crush on. Pokemon makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. I suppose that's something you could say. Both shows have no respect for women. I guess so. All the women in Digimon are, are stupid and all the women in Pokemon are either sex objects or Misty. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. <laughs> that's my similarity. Alright, that's the similarity we're rolling with. Writers don't care about women. Why is this the hill I've chosen to die on? I was about to say, like, oh, this that's there, Stevie. That's out there in the ether. It's a good hill, because I'm calling out the, the idiot writers for writing bad female characters. You also legitimately spent the whole Digimon episode calling Yoli, Mimi, and Palmon stupid, though. Well, Yoli, I feel bad for Yoli, because her whole thing this episode was... She had to admit that she was wrong and apologize for it. When she didn't have all the information, so it wasn't even her fault. Still called her dumb, though. Just saying. Well, she is also dumb, but <laughs> the point I'm making is she shouldn't have to apologize to get into evolution. No, I agree. But still, you're arguing like, oh, this is an okay hill to die on. And it's like, you literally just said that the opposite like a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's like you built a hill, said, I'm going to die on this hill, but you forgot that you already hollowed out the inside of the hill. And so it collapsed underneath you. <laughs> I can't even picture that. It doesn't make sense to me. What are you saying? I've dug a hole and claimed it's a hill. No, I'm saying you made a hill, but you had already, like, dug out the middle of the hill, so it was no longer structurally stable, and it broke into it, caved into itself. And that's where you are now. You're in the caved-in remnants of the hill you chose to die on. Did I make a molehill out of a mountain? Sure. It's the other way around, usually. That's the joke. Oh, make a mountain out of a molehill, that's right. Aren't I so funny? The only other notable difference I've got is that whereas Digimon characters care about their Digimon, Ash has, like, no respect or assigns any value to any of his Pokemon. He's just like, oh, this Cyndaquil I've just met, you're more important than Pikachu and my entire party. <laughs> you go be free. And then when he does capture Cyndaquil, he's like, I care so little about you, I will wager your ownership just for my pride. <laughs> Ash sucks. <laughs> it's been too long since I've said that, but Ash sucks. Yeah. He pretended to be okay for a few episodes, but he sucks. So yeah, we agreed that Ash was worse, right? <laughs> so last thing to do before I die is decide which episode deserves the points. I'd say Digimon. Yes, Digimon was much better than Pokemon, despite the copious amounts of stupid women. Dig yourself deeper into that hole, Stevie. Why, why not? 
I'll, I'll give you a shovel. I like women. Women are good. Digimon women are bad because <laughs> the Digimon writers are bad. But Digimon was much more interesting, had a lot more to analyze than Pokemon did, which was kind of just run of the mill. So are we giving the point to Digimon? Yeah. Which makes the score 14-11 to Pokemon. Eh, not too bad. Not great. And that's the score at the halfway mark. So let's go on to the outros. Next time, we'll be discussing the 26th episodes, United We Stand, and A Shadow of a Drought. Shadow of a Drought, oh my gosh. That one's Pokemon. That's a pun even I would make. You would, because you're a stupid woman. Oh, wow! Wow! This is the thanks I get. Wow. You're a mean person. I was joking. Well, I wasn't. You're a meanie. I'm sorry, Chisai. Okay, you're forgiven. Wait, do I get an evolution now? I get an evolution because I apologized for being wrong. <laughs> David should have been the one to apologize in his episode and get them to digivolve. So that would make sense because he actually did something wrong. Right. Anyway, if you want to get in touch, just tweet at us, email at us, or jump in our Discord chat at us. And of course, a massive thank you to my lovely co-host, Chisai236. Where can the people find you? In Dreamland, because I'm going to be going to sleep soon. Also Tumblr, also the Moncast Discord. They'll be in the show notes as usual, and there'll also be the Moncast Patreon in there. So a big thank you to every one of our patrons, including Chisai236, also James B, John C, Nicholas, and Irving G. Thank you for supporting the show, it really does mean a lot. But until next time, bye. <laughs> Chisai is asleep. You look like an Chisai, say bye-bye. Walk like bye. an angel. <laughs> Talk bye. like an angel. But I got wise. You're the devil in disguise. Oh, yes, you are. Devil in disguise. So we have to sing the intro as is customary. We do? Yes. Okay. It's hard to do with the leg. I can't keep a straight face. It's pointless. Everybody wants to be a master. Everybody. Robot cannot sing. That how robots sing. I can sing words. I. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the bloopers for this episode to just be, just be <laughs> robot noises. Just, just be us two going beep boop bop puns beep boop bop bop puns. It's like, oh Pikachu, I can't do my taxes. Use Thunderbolt. <laughs> Zap, zap those, those numbers. <laughs> I really now just want, like, a comic series where it's just Ash as a middle-aged man doing normal things, but his response is always just, Pikachu, use Thunderbolt. <laughs> it's just a really old Pikachu. <laughs> like a beard. I'm, I'm going to draw something like that. I need to make a note to myself. Really? <laughs> Pierre's going to town. Shh. It's a little longer. Shh. Pierre's like, go to sleep. It's too late. She's like, go to sleep. It is almost one in the morning, to be fair. Okay, we'll get through this so you can sleep.